Hey, hey, it's your girl, Savvy Speaks, and I'm back with another episode. If this is your first time or not your first time listening, welcome to Everything Under the Sun, where we keep it hot, okay? We keep it honest, open, and transparent here under the sun. And this is a podcast where we talk about literally anything, but we take a spiritual perspective on it. So if you didn't know, I'm your girl, Savvy Speaks, and I am your host, It's been a minute since like I've done a pod by myself. So, you know, I feel like I got some gems to drop. I I feel like we could soak up some vitamin D on some real good stuff. So real quick, before I get in too deep, the weather check for today. The high is 72. The low is 41. It is 57 degrees, but it is hot over here under the sun. So today I just wanted to have a soak us soak up some vitamin d on dating yourself and when i say dating yourself i'm not like talking about trying to figure out how old you are i'm talking about like actually dating yourself and like most times when we think of relationships we think of oh when we think of dating we think of relationships like dating another person but oftentimes i feel like we kind of get it wrong just because We often think that we got to be with another person to see how to love them and get to know them and get to know ourselves through them. But I feel like in order to really be successful in a relationship, you have to know yourself. And so before you even step out into the streets, you know, trying to find somebody to date, you got to you got to know about yourself (laughs) or else you're going you're going to have your health, have yourself like breaking your heart and breaking somebody else's heart. And that's just too much work. Okay, relationships are work. Um, And I'm one of those people who like, you know, what I'm saying, you know how they say like the coach, the coach, be you know, giving the scores, but never play the game. I mean, I'm tired of being a coach. (laughs) I'm tired of being a coach. I am in a season where. I have, wow, are we really getting this vulnerable? Hey, I have not been in a relationship for about four years now. And so I've been taking time to date myself and really, really, really actually get to know myself, like my pet peeves, my triggers and all that. And (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, put me a coach. Like I'm the coach, but I'm like, God, Put me in. Let me play. Like, I feel like, you know, it's time. But I really do feel like he's he keeps telling me, like, hey, yo, chill out. Like, your time is coming. I'm setting things in order. And I got you. And I think it sucks because, like, you know, I think it sucks because we've endured cuffing season where you see everybody all of a sudden get booed up. You know what I'm saying? They get booed up. And now we're going through. This is it's springtime. So, you know what I'm saying? The weather is nice. You know, this is when all of the pictures on Instagram of people, uh, <laughs> relationships, holding hands with the with the beautiful flowers in the back and all of these amazing pictures and people around and they're in relationships. And I hate to see that other people have such an influence on me, but I know I can't be the only one like seeing other people in relationships. It just makes me feel like, dang, God, I really, really, really want to be in a relationship right now. And I mean, cuffing season had it. That was it for me. Like it's always cuffing season because when it's <laughs> when it's cold outside, sometimes you just want to be warm. But um, I highly encourage just getting extra blankets and um, snuggling up with the Bible because the Word of God is hot. <laughs> okay, it's hot. Keep it under your pillow. But um, 
Nah, so that's like the kind of season I am currently in right now where I'm just like, okay, God, I feel like I've had enough time to date myself and I really want to be in a relationship. But I really do feel like I have a little bit more dating to do just because every day is a day that I figure out like, yo, there is so much more to me that I didn't even know. And like, we're all such complex beings that what you liked yesterday you don't like it tomorrow and like we live in a world where like trends kind of like dictate the way we think and so what was cool yesterday is not gonna be cool tomorrow so some of y'all let me say us because i was part of it too some of us wore jeggings at some point (laughs) like you know those leggings that look like jeans (laughs) but they're not jeans if anyone were to wear those in this day and age bro like straight roasted you would get canceled, like you. Would, but it's okay. You can come to you can come to this podcast because yeah, we don't do canceling, so you can bring your jeggings. We might laugh, <laughs> but we ain't gonna cancel you. And so I just realized that like trends have a lot to do with the way we're always constantly evolving and thinking this is okay in a relationship and this is not okay in a relationship. But at the end of the day, you have to know yourself. And so we just you know I'm I'm saying we as if there's anybody else here but no you and I we're really actually just going to talk about um dating ourselves so like I really feel like if anything we should know that it starts with you because of course when you're in a relationship there's there are two people a hold on I know we are in this inclusive world where there are more than two people but for this instance we are not doing polygamy we are talking about a relationship where there are two people who are pursuing each other it always starts with you because you have to know yourself well enough before you start to like or let me say love another person and invest that energy into them because one thing that often happens is like you meet somebody, you know, y'all are on a clean slate. And then as you progress in the relationship, let me say in the very beginning, you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's cool. I like this about myself and this about myself. And I like this about you and this about you. Then you give it a few weeks and, you know, you're still in a puppy dog phase and everything is nice and, and, and cute. And then they do something to step on your toes, but you ignore it because you're like, okay, okay. Like, you know, we're just in the beginning. I don't want to cause what hollered. And then they step on your toes again. And you're like, okay, well, it's getting a little bit more serious. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of, you know, I get on my nerves. And then they step on you again. And then you blow up and they're just like, wait, I, I don't get it. Like, where is this coming from? And that happened to me a lot of times in my friendships, like people would step on my toes and I wouldn't say anything because my mind, my mentality is like, oh, it is what it is. And so that's just how the person is. They're not going to change. I would rather this is me as a person. I would rather shift myself so that they're comfortable. And I realized that like that's such like a deficit mindset, like that mindset it don't take you too far that it is what it is mentality or i'm gonna shift so they don't have to and they can be comfortable like it's cute in the beginning but i think it takes away from you as a person i had to realize that because the more i kept shifting and shifting i felt like chunks of me were being taken out and i actually started to grow resentment for people because they were doing things that were pissing me off but i never told them because i wanted them to be comfortable but If you're in a like a valid relationship, if you're in a healthy relationship, then the person that you're in a relationship with, and this is not just romantical, but in general, like friendships and stuff, they also want you to be comfortable too. So they should not mind shifting 
and like compromise should be a thing so if <laughs> i said this in my last podcast if you love classical music and your friend is not really digging classical music you should probably be okay with not playing classical music all the time but also getting to know their interests and getting to know what they like and so but let's not get too much into that that's that, that, that's about other people right now we're talking about ourselves okay we're talking about ourselves so it does start with you it starts with knowing yourself and for me personally i didn't know myself so much because I grew up with three siblings. Uh, there are four of us. I'm the second. Uh, there's three girls, one boy. And um, when you grow up in a house of siblings, uh, it's not until you leave, or at least I didn't know until I left, that my life was centered around the family dynamic. And I didn't really know myself. Like, I knew what my sisters liked. I knew what my brother liked. I knew what we liked as a collective. Um, but it wasn't until I left that I was like, what kind of candy do I like? <laughs> I mean, it goes deeper than that, but it's just like, what are my favorite type of chips? What, what kind of food do I like to eat? Like, I know mommy always makes this and that's, you know, her palate and we've accustomed to that. But like, if I were to actually sit down and choose, what would I choose? What kind of restaurants do I like to go to? Um, am I the type of person that when I go to a restaurant, I want to order the same thing over and over? Or am I cool with trying new things? And so this is, these are things that I had to learn when I left the house just because I became a singular person when I came to college. Um, mind you, my family dynamic, there's six of us, my mom, my dad, and uh, all of us, four children. And so um, coming to college, it, I didn't bring my parents. I didn't bring my siblings. It was just me. It was just me and God in this uh, small <laughs> rural village uh, town in Kentucky. And I really had to learn who I was. And so I dated myself. I started to listen to the type of music that I like to listen to more. And I'm like, you know what? I actually really like this rhythm. Maybe that's why I keep playing it. I really loved, and this is this has been me since the beginning, Molly Music and Jonathan McReynolds. Like, Johnny has got me through some real tough times. And what I love about Jonathan McReynolds is that his music, Christian or not, you can listen to it and relate to it. Like, he's a Christian artist, but when he's singing about being sad and about God coming through anybody can relate to that it don't even have to say jesus and it don't have to say god i feel like anybody can relate to that and molly like molly got swag like like molly has swag the way he sings it's like uh, <laughs> i gotta think of one of his songs it's just like um um dang i can't even think of one of his songs i know actually i'm, I'm, I'm gonna sing one of the songs to you because i love this man and i wish he loved me too but um okay there's this one song that's like give me so he sang that with kirk franklin and the way he'd be saying he like give me that love <laughs> yo i'm sorry I, I hear myself and i'm like what okay no but he'd be saying like give me that love that i can't explain and that's your piece oh and that's your easy to be something i want that love that i will never take give me that Give me that, give me uh, another power to walk away When another guy wants to take your place As much of you as I can take Give me that, give me that Oh gosh, I feel like I'm gonna listen back to this and like cringe But no, I had to leave the house to really like learn that like I love these people and how they sing And so that's just, you know, surface level. Like, what do I like? What are my hobbies and stuff like that to this day? I'm still trying to figure out what I like. Like, 
I mentioned I like taking showers. Now that I know is me. But when people ask me, what do I like to do for fun? I don't know. Because I'm such a workaholic. I don't know. I like to watch movies. I like to go out and eat. I realize I'm not really an outside type person. I actually really like to stay at home. Like, <laughs> I like to be in my own space and and just chill. So if I have a friend over, I don't I don't want to have an activity plan all the time. Like it's it's cute once in a while, but come over to my house and let's just be. Like you come over, you eat your food, you wash your dish. Like just come and be. And I love that. And I realized that over time that that's the type of person I am. And so I'd have friends come over to my dorm and it's just like, come over, just do homework, just chill. Let's just talk. So I realized that about myself. And one of the things that I really did to learn about myself is I created an album in my phone and it's called All About Me. And um, during quarantine times was when I actually got to learn about myself. Um, I came home the first semester and then the second semester I came back on campus and I was in my own room for the first time. Uh, my first year of college, I came and I had a roommate. And so I learned a lot about myself in that sense. But when I had my own room, bro, it was raps. And when I tell you raps, I'm telling you, it was raps. I literally learned a lot about myself. I learned that I didn't like to be alone. And so I would spend so much time with other people to fill up that space. And even that I would like dread going back to my room to be by myself. And so like God really actually had to like pull me out of that and say, sit down, like, let's talk sit down it's okay not to um it's okay not to be with other people it's okay not to always be on your phone it's okay to be quiet and one thing he would always tell me is that like i i talk too much like if you ever like i always wanted to fill in silence with a sound and i was always talking so fast so i was talking like this and and i would be tripping over my words and my mom would always say why are you rapping like you're, you're, you're just rapping slow down and talk so i had to learn things about myself that I necessarily didn't want to know, but things that I also wanted to, you know, know about myself. But you can only do that by observing. So right now I'm looking at my phone and I have an, an album called All About Me. And so I have it in five different categories. And every time I think of something, I like to add it into the um, categories. But I have shows that I like. I have movies that I like, um, things I need to work on, food and behaviors and one of the things that I really, really, really like about the food, uh, um, the food thing is like I learned a lot about myself and how I respond to different foods. And so I realized that when I would eat something, you know, sometimes you just be eating to eat. But after eating something for so long, I'm just like, yo, I actually don't like this. Like, first of all, it took me buying a 48 pack of um, Pop-Tarts. For me to realize that I don't like strawberry pop tarts, cause I got the uh, I got it was twenty four and twenty four, so I got the brown sugar cinnamon and I got the strawberry. Bro, I ate up the brown sugar cinnamon like nobody's business, but the strawberry, oh nah, I had to get that away. I said, what is this? What is this? Who even invented this flavor? Is it even good? Ah, who made it? So I had to learn stuff about myself and. I like to put it down on paper. I like to write it down so I can go back to it because as much as like we're like, oh yeah, I remember it. Boy, girl, please. Your 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 capacity, your mental capacity is is so limited that you are bound to forget things even about yourself, especially if you don't prioritize yourself. So you're out here thinking like, oh yeah, I know this about myself. A lot of times you don't. 
or a lot of times you feel like you do or uh, because of familiarity you cling to it but when you actually sit down and think about it you're just like you know what i actually don't like strawberry pop tarts and i just want to say if this is the moment that you realized you also don't like strawberry pop tarts congratulations seriously <laughs> congratulations join the team and if you do like strawberry pop tops i'm sorry for the discrimination but i don't like them i mean i'll eat them if i'm hungry but i don't like them i wouldn't choose them you know so that's one thing that's like so important about dating yourself before you date somebody else you have to realize what you like and it took me it took me like dating someone else and getting out of a relationship to realize that I didn't know myself the way I thought I did because I would always do things that another person liked and it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily please me. What I actually liked was that the fact that they were happy, but it's not something I would choose for myself. And so if they were to ask me, like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. And yeah, let's 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 go ahead. Cut the slack. So. I definitely advise anyone who's out there that's like, coach, put me in, put me in. I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to encourage you to like figure out like the little things about yourself. So like, what do you like to eat? What music do you like to listen to when nobody's there and nobody's like, hey, yo, you got the ox? Like, no, what do you like to listen to when you're by yourself? Like, are you like one of these people that like, you know what I'm saying? Be blasting, rapping, trapping in the hallways, but you low-key listening to country in your room. <laughs> are you one of them? Are you one of the people that, like to listen to people when they talk because you feel like you don't want to talk too much because, you know, maybe you fe always felt like you talked too much or your opinion was never valued, like things like that. And like that even brings us to the topic of like trauma. I feel like before you get into a relationship, it is important to address your trauma and relationships with people have a way of bringing out your trauma. For me specifically, it took college. Because I was used to my community, I was used to my family, I was used to my household. But it wasn't until I came to college that I would do something and someone's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's normal. Like, I was in the dining hall and I got my, I got my cereal, but I put, my, I put the milk before I put the cereal and I microwaved my milk. <laughs> like, and I put the cereal in. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, why do you do that? Why do you put the milk before the cereal? And I'm like, because uh, that's normal. Bro. Come to find out that's not normal to put the milk before the cereal. And on top of that, I was warming my milk. Bro, you can't tell me nothing. Like, that's just the way my mom always raised me. I feel like I, like, I remember days in like, this is like early 2000s. Like, because we were younger, I guess that's what you do for like kids or babies. You warm up the milk. Bro, I loved warm milk and I would put like a spoonful of sugar and I would put regular Cheerios, not even honey nut Cheerios, regular Cheerios. And every time I put my spoon in, I would like scrape the bottom of the bowl and get like a healthy dose of sugar <laughs> with the Cheerios. Bro, slaps, slaps. Bro, but when I came to college, they called me, you know what they called me? A serial killer. <laughs> a serial killer. No, they call me a serial killer. And I'm like, yo, like, y'all weird. Like, who eats cereal cold? Come to find out, like, 92% of the population eats cold cereal. That's that, that's different. That's different. But I had to realize that when I came to college that, like, my lifestyle was different. I was so used to showering every day in the morning. Like, I can't go a day. I, well, let me say I couldn't. Couldn't go a day without a shower because my mom always taught me once you wake up, you do what you got to do, take a shower, you go about your day. Hey, hmm. 
<laughs> you come to college, people have been showering in weeks, in days. Sometimes people are walking, you see the black under the, underneath their feet. It's like, Eesh. oh, I can tell you have not been scrubbing. Or even people will even walk, oh, walk into the shower. No shower shoes. Hey, <laughs> you were not raised well. I'm telling you, if you're listening to this podcast and you are in the shower without shower shoes, or uh, go to Dollar Tree, go to Walmart and get some shower shoes. That thing is nasty. It's nasty. But um, it's good to just know yourself. So like, like I said, coming to college, people would ask me, why do you do that? And it made me question, oh, why do I do that? And I was able to learn about myself from the outside perspective. Um, cause when you, when you're used to something, it's so normal. It's so normal. And like another example is like, I prayed a lot. I come from a praying family. And so whenever I became a student chaplain, I remember one of our leaders was saying like, we all do things very, very different. And they said like, you're very prayer based. And I was like, wait, what? And they were like, yeah, you pray a lot. And I was thinking like, ah, is everybody not shunned? Like y'all don't, y'all, y'all don't be doing that. And it made me realize that. From other people, I pray more than the average person. But for me, I feel like I'm not even doing a lot. And so it made me realize from the outer perspective what who I was, what I did, and the impact that it had. And so I wouldn't necessarily say that when you're dating yourself, you always have to get somebody else's opinion. But a lot of times, it is best to find someone who you love and who you trust um, to, to help you see yourself outside of yourself. Because a lot of times, if you're by yourself, you're never going to see that you're wrong. A lot of times, if you're by yourself, you're not going to see your flaws as easily. But when someone is on the outside who, of course, is not just picking on you, but like loves you and is able to, you know, call you, call you out um, in, in, in loving ways. I feel like that helps you really understand and date yourself. So I would definitely suggest that um, anyone out there who is just really trying to figure out about themselves, really like get an album on your phone or like take notes about yourself and just peep your observations. Why do I like put on my le- like my pants like this like why do i put on one leg and then put on the shoe and then put on the other leg and put on another shoe like why do i do it like that so that's all about like you know what i'm saying like dating yourself and i feel like that prepares you before you even enter into a relationship relationship um and i i'd suggest that you wait i don't know what age you are listening to this but for me personally like i'm like i'm what is called biased um i really feel like this 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 is where my African upbringing comes in. I just don't feel like in high school. I've seen a lot of people, you know, date, and I've seen high school sweethearts. Sweethearts. So I believe it's possible, but I feel like in high school you should really be developing yourself because I've seen so many young people get into relationships at such an early age, but because they were still developing and they got with another person like they are meshing interests meshing likes meshing lifestyles but that's not even who you are so let's say you don't even last outside of high school and now you're stuck with this semi-personality like it's kind of you but a lot of it is your boyfriend a lot of it was your girlfriend that you dated in the fourth grade and you thought you liked strawberry pop tarts but it's today that you listen to this podcast that you realize you don't like strawberry pop tarts yeah I think dating too early does that um, for you. And so for me personally, and of course this um, skewed, um, or let me say I'm biased. I really feel like college is a good time to explore, but also post-college. Actually, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even say post-college because that one is the African mentality. Oh, finish your books, read your, read your books and finish school and then you get, you get married all of a sudden, all of a sudden without getting dated or nothing. <laughs> uh, 
I really feel like college is a really good time to continue to explore yourself, but then use your your friendships and your relationships to see how you would be in a relationship. Like they always say experience is the best teacher, but I feel like experience is a good teacher, but there are other teachers out there. Um, I feel like when you can, you don't have to be in a relationship to see how you would be in a relationship, in a romantic relationship. Look at how you are in your regular friendships. How do you act with your best friend? What are things that you all do together based off of you, but also based off of them? Are you aggressive? Are you more on the quiet side? Are you on the quiet side and you need an aggressive person to bring it out of you? Or are you an aggressive person that when another aggressive person comes, you just kind of, you know, simmer down because they take the aggression in the room? Like, who are you? And what do you do when other people enter into the room? I often feel like sometimes you learn about yourself when you encounter other people. Because like I said, when you are by yourself, you're you're probably always right or you don't really see the differences because you're in it. Um, I like to describe it as like a fish in water. A fish in water would not know it's dirty until you take the fish and put it in different water. You're like, oh, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. And you're just like, and then you put yourself back in the dirty water that you came from. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, I got to filter this water. And so I feel like, dating has a lot to do with that it's it's honestly collecting data and that's what the word dating comes from it comes from collecting data and so dating yourself is literally collecting data on yourself collecting information co- like making observations making hypotheses it's hypothesize Making a hypothesis, hey, hypothesis, <laughs> make it a hypothesis about yourself so for example um how many hours does it take for you to function like i know what the scientists say like yeah you need eight hours of sleep but some people actually out here sleeping for four hours and are 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 alive and surviving but how many hours of sleep do you actually need to function and i'm not talking about like barely making it with headaches and and you're tired but like to actually function and you're actually okay do you need the full eight is it like six and a half? Is it seven? Like figure out these things about yourself. And I feel like that that really, 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 really helps. Another thing that I feel like really helps is knowing your love language. Now, I love, 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 love talking about love languages because it helped me and my friends learn about each other more. But then it also made me learn about myself and why I do things the way that I do. I learned that nine times out of 10, the, re- the reason why we do things the way we do things are because of our upbringing or because of our parents. And your parents were the first human civilization or let me say your family was the was the first source of human civilization and interaction that you've ever encountered. And so a lot of times what goes on in your household, you see it as normal until you step out and you see that other people do different things in their household. And that's normal for them. And so in your household, y'all may have had a rule where as soon as you step inside, you got to take off your shoes, like no, no shoes on the carpet. And for you, that's, that's, that's like, that's life. But you go into somebody's house and they're like, oh yeah, keep your shoes on. Like, no worries. You're just like, wait, what? 
Like, are you sure? So everybody has a different source of civilization in their own household. And so oftentimes the way we live our lives is based off of how our family dynamics are set up. If your parents and your family are not the type to literally like say I love you or to give hugs or to show affection, you're not going to be that type. And, and then you might encounter it and be like, ooh, what is error for or for? Shutting, shutting, shutting down, shutting down. <laughs> and uh, you might be the overly affectionate one where you go out and you hug at people. They're like, ooh, get off of me. Like, ooh, like what you doing that for? Like, ugh. Like, it just, I feel like every day, every family is different. So once you understand your family dynamic and you compare it to other people's dynamics, you're able to see like, this is why I do this. Or like, this is why I think the the way that I think and it may be normal it may not be normal it may be a, a source coming from a source of trauma it may be just you know just the way you function everybody's differently and so i wouldn't pick at yourself too much the thing is like i pick at myself a lot like i'm always making observations and i'm like is this good is this bad should i change it is it something that's going to help me should i like hang on to the strengths let go of the weaknesses is this just a thorn in my side that the holy spirit needs to help me on like I'm always questioning myself, which uh, is good and bad because, you know, self-evaluation is almost like I can never rest. I'm always improving. I'm always at least trying to improve. But I'm um, getting into love languages. I'm going to play a little intro music to separate this section. So we're going to talk about love languages. <laughs> And we're back like we never left. So five love languages. I'm going to read them off. I'm going to talk a little bit about them. And I'll probably even share my own. Ooh, y'all getting in the juice. So five love languages. The first one is acts of service. And acts of service is, you know what? Let me go to the actual website because that might be where you can get the best information and if you want to learn about your love languages please go on fivelovelanguages.com it is a website where you can take quizzes um about your love languages and actually they have more than just love languages they have apology languages so like what kind of apology do you like um how well do you handle your anger uh do you feel appreciated at work like this stuff is legit I took the apology one and I learned so much about myself. Like I learned that you like, I don't like when people just say sorry and keep it pushing because you could, anybody can just say sorry and keep it pushing. But I want like an action plan when you apologize. Like I want you to know that what you did was either wrong or that it hurt me. I, I want you to acknowledge the wrongdoing, but then I also want an action plan. Like, so going forward, I probably do this differently or going forward. I probably won't say this again. Like I want the full shebang. Some people just want to like, they're just like, okay with the sorry. That ain't me. I want you to, you know what I'm saying? Elaborate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But um, yeah, so we're looking at the love languages website and let's get into it. Okay. So I'll give you the shorter definition and then, or yeah, let me introduce the person. So this five level languages theory came from Gary Chapman, PhD. He is an author, speaker, and counselor, and he has a passion for people and for helping them form lasting relationships. So he's a well-known marriage counselor and a director of marriage seminars. 
And The Five Love Languages is one of his most popular titles. So there's actually a book out there if you want to go and read it. Um, it sold over 20 million copies on the New York Times bestsellers list. Okay, shout out, shout out. But he's also, um, I believe he has, I don't know, he incorporates a lot of like Christian principles into his work and into his books. And so I really love that because it's very godly and I like God's. Yeah. So acts of service. For these people, actions speak louder than words. And so it's like a matter of doing things for people or going out of your way to get things done for them. So if they have like a task, you you help them or you, um, I don't know, go out of your way to pretty much help them. The next one is receiving gifts. For some people, receiving a heartfelt gift is what makes them feel most loved. Then we have quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Then we have words of affirmation. And it says this language uses words to affirm other people. And that's pretty much like encouraging them or um, reassuring them. And then the last one is physical touch. And it says to this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. Now, I really feel like it's important for everyone to know their love language because not only does it detect how you give love to people, but it's also about how you receive it. And so for some people, they give one way, but then they receive it another way. I could share my results with y'all and then, y'all, no, this is like really, really vulnerable because like, why am I telling you how to love me? <laughs> well, I'll tell you how to love me. But okay, so my top one is acts of service. Now, before I even get into that, I want to say that this has stemmed from my household because in my household and a lot of African households, African parents show their love by doing things for you. They may not say, I love you all the time. They may not hug you and show affection, but the way they show you that they love you is by putting a roof over your head. Let me not even say African. This is a lot of parents, especially black folks. I put a roof over your head. I gave you life and I can take it away. Okay. Um, but that's the way they show love by making sure that you're fed, making sure that you have clothes, making sure that you get to school and get an education. And so, for me, um, my understanding of love from a very young age was if you're providing for me, if you are um, doing things that need to get done for me, that was a way of love. So acts of service, that's my number one. It's at a 30 percent just because I love it when people do things for me. And um, some of my friends will say because I'm bossy, but I also feel like when I do something for somebody, that is my way of showing you that I love you. So. My ideal like expression of love, like if I truly have a lot on my plate, I love it when someone goes out of their way to do something for me. So um, I have mentioned my friend Ozzy in the last podcast, um, or maybe not the last podcast, but I was braiding hair one day. I was braiding all day long and she would text me because she knows that sometimes when I'm braiding, I don't, I don't stop to get something to eat. She would text me and she'll say like, did you eat? And I'm like, no. One day she ordered me like a box of pizza and wings. And I, the thing is, I didn't ask. She just got it for me. Boy, I took a 20 minute break. I was munching on the pizza and wings and I felt so loved. Like I felt like I was like drenched in warmth because I didn't ask her to get the pizza. She saw my need and she met it. And it didn't like it, it was nothing for her. She just wanted to make sure that I was fed. That alone was like, dang, she loved me. She went out of her way to do something for me. And I felt loved in that moment. So that's acts of service. 
the next one that i have is quality time and i feel like a lot of people's should well i wouldn't say should but um a lot of people's is quality time but i love quality time just because like like i said come over to my house and just be like you don't gotta do nothing let's just watch tv like let's just be in each other's presence that's enough for me quality time like and i mean a highlight on on quality like don't just come and just be wasting time and nah like i want it to be quality we can sit in silence we can literally just like not even talk my leg is on your leg we are just watching tv i just love that it don't it don't have to be nothing exquisite i do love going out sometimes but quality time means so so much to me so um yeah and oh this one it says undivided attention it says in quality time nothing says i love you like full undivided attention being there for this type of person is critical but really being there with the tv off fork and knife down and all chores and tasks on standby makes you feel special and loved distraction postponed activities or the failure to listen can especially be hurtful i felt that because at first i wouldn't mind if i was talking to somebody and they were on their phone just because i did it too but then over time i realized that like when you're on your phone you're not actively listening to what i'm saying or i can i can just tell when people are split attention or when they're giving me like half answers like i'm, I'm like pouring on my heart and you're like oh yeah 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 yeah. that's that's crazy that's crazy that's crazy that's what you say whenever you're not listening so i love it whenever someone is intentional about putting down their phone and listening to me making eye contact with me letting them letting me know that they are actually paying attention so quality time it means a lot um yeah my next one is 17 percent physical touch now mind you these things change because when i first came to college physical touch was at the bottom don't touch me okay you understand don't touch me and it grew on me as i started to heal mind you in my household we didn't hug a lot we didn't say i love you too much um and so i wasn't naturally it just i just wasn't a touchy person it's not too much to do with trauma it's just that's just the way i was brought up and um i came to came to school where like you know i started hugging people and i was like no no no. at first i didn't really do hugs like people people were huggers and i wasn't really a hugger i'm, I'm like a hey i'm like a a, a waver but during um covid times i remember i i had like a really 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 bad breakdown and this was during my healing season where god had me face my trauma and i was healing and i remember my friend held me in her arms for like three hours like literally like carried me like a baby while i cried and i'm telling you that day something broke that day something broke because after that like the next day I was hugging people, bro. And I, like, bro, the next day I was going around hugging people, like people that I barely just met. Like, oh, can I give you a hug? Can I? And I, I was wondering why I couldn't do that so many years before. But I guess through that healing transformation of a hug, like someone had to swaddle me like a baby in my lowest moment for me to finally open up and hug people. So um, beforehand, it wasn't physical touch. Now it is. Um, so I'm definitely a hugger. And it's funny because I was at um, church earlier this uh, this year before I came back to college th 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 this semester and a different family. Um, he was like, I realize y'all your, your family is a bunch of huggers. I was like, what? 
And he was like, yeah, because I just gave him a hug and my sister just gave him a hug. And I realized like, yo, we are doing so much better with physical touch. Like we actually hug each other now where it used to be awkward. And you're like, oh, does my hand go here? Does your head go here? Like it just, I, I just love it. And so the love that I received from my friends, I give it to other people who may not even experience that much love and that love carries forth. So I like that it's changing the dynamics of my family. And physical touch is not just like with hugs, but it's it's more. So I'm going to read this. Um, it says a person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Oh, wow. OK. Hugs, pats on the back and thoughtful touches on the arm. They can be all oh, they could all be ways to show excitement, concern, care and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth, safety, and love to you. I agree. I really do agree. I, I Like I said, oh my gosh, it's like everything that I'm saying, bro, it's like it's coming back. Because kind of like I said, if you come over to my house, bro, my leg is touching your leg we watching TV. That alone is enough physical touch for me. Like I would admire it whenever my friends are like laughing, joking, and they like nudge me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like at first it used to be like, oh, why are you touching me? But then I was like, oh, I like that. Like you feel comfortable enough to like even put your hand on me. And it's not even like a big deal. It's just, it's just, it's just touch. So there's that. Uh, The next one, 13% is words of affirmation. And um, let me just go ahead and read this before I talk. It says, actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited comments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirits skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. You thrive on hearing kind and encouraging words that build you up. Now, I can tell you that this is one of my lowest just because for me personally, me personally, actions speak louder than words which is why acts of service is my number one um yeah i yeah i don't know being where i like being being raised african you cannot take words too seriously all the time bro like you have to have some tough skin because the insults they coming at you like hurdles bro like uh Go for nothing. Swine, you're stupid. Why are you doing that? You, you don't have sense. Uh, what do we, we, say this, we say this a tree. Like your ears don't hear words. Like <laughs> that's literally what it translates to. And when you grow up hearing so many of these insults, it's like if you are so sensitive, you're always going to be hurt by these words. And so I naturally built a shield to words. So if you're saying something hurtful, and also I think bullying plays a lot of it, being called your know, African booty scratcher, uh, I don't know. They talked about my forehead. They talked about my lips. They talked about everything that they're getting injections now to make it look like mine. <laughs> That's what they're, they were talking about. And I had to grow tough skin to really protect myself. So I didn't take words too seriously. And so whenever people would even i think it, it has pros and its cons because even when people compliment me i receive it and I, I like it and i still receive the words but it doesn't it 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 don't it does <laughs> it doesn't do much for me as if something else were to do like for example if someone's like oh my gosh girl i gotta take a picture of you like that alone i'm like oh <laughs> I look good. but if you're just like oh you look so pretty i i'm like oh thank you and I keep it pushing like it doesn't it doesn't make my day 
but um i really do appreciate words and i do believe uh life and death lie at the power of the tongue and so um i i I do believe words hold a strong weight i do value words so so much but i value actions so much more and so like if you're my friend and you're hearing this you're like oh i said that she was pretty the other day it didn't mean anything to her that's not necessarily the case um i i think this is a scale that shows me actions speak louder than words but i do very much treasure words i've just learned to have a tougher heart when it comes to words because when you're getting hurled uh insults and bullying and all of these things you just learn that you can't um you can't take everything to heart plus being african i don't know if you're nigerian if you Ghanaian, if you are from any country or not let me not even say african if you are from a culture where you joke a lot but it could come in the form of insults bro you can't you right right you can't take it seriously bro like carry a matter for your head though carry this matter for your head though like i don't know i feel like yeah you just you just get used to it sometimes i think it gets to me because i know what i mean people don't know what i mean when i'm just like bro you stupid like i remember the first time i told my mom she was stupid and i didn't even mean that she was stupid i was like mommy you're so funny you stupid worst mistake of my life who do you think you are calling stupid do you think i'm your mate when i was in class did i sit with you you you, you could call your mom stupid when i was your age I could, i'm like no like like mommy that's not what it means it means that you're funny so you think you could call me stupid uh, i learned my lesson <laughs> i learned my lesson acts of service over words of affirmation and okay so moving on to the next one the last one is receiving gifts and the description says don't mistake this love language for materialism the receiver of gifts thrives on the love thoughtfulness and effort behind the gift if you speak this language the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known you are cared for and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you a missed birthday or a hasty thoughtless gift would be disastrous so with the absence of everyday gestures gifts are heartfelt symbols to you of someone else's love and affection for you that's my last also at 33 percent. which i don't know why it's so down there because like i like gifts like probably 50 percent of the stuff that i be rocking they're gifts so uh i don't know why it's so low but i guess on the scale of other things those are the lowest um but yeah I like gifts, but I, I guess I did like it, it doesn't mean the world to me. Like, let's say if, if I'm in a relationship with somebody and uh, they're trying to figure out something to get for me, I'd rather want them than I'd want a gift. Like, I'd rather you spend money on an experience that we can share rather than you spend money on something and I don't get to spend time with you. I think the person is more valuable than the actual material. And that's the way I see it. And I forgot, I didn't get to read the description for acts of service. So um this is my top of course i'm biased it says um can helping with homework really be an expression of love absolutely anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an access service person will speak volumes the words he or she most wants to hear let me do that for you bro the accuracy is uncanny oh my gosh okay um laziness broken commitments and making more work for them tells speakers of this language their feelings don't matter when others serve you out of love and not obligation you feel truly valued and loved yes 
Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly how it how did they how did they know? Oh <laughs> no, I I yeah, that that explains everything, especially when someone's like, let me do that for you. Like I got you. Like I got like you got me, but it's not even like, oh I got you, I'm gonna do like a, a bad job. But it's like, yo, you got me, got me. Like we're going out to eat and my bill is forty dollars. Yo, you got me? Bro, that's it. That's legit. So um, I do feel like a large part of learning your love language or a, lot, a large part of knowing yourself is learning your love language. You have to know how you give love and even go a step further. Why do you give love that way? And then how do you receive love? And why do you receive love that way? Before getting into any relationship, that's going to be like a major thing, a major, 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 major thing to know. But yeah, I'm gonna um drink some water so y'all enjoy this music. That was faster than I thought. I didn't drink my water, so just enjoy the sounds of this keyboard. I finished drinking my water and so um that pretty much wraps up this pod uh at the end of the day the main message is to date yourself know who you are before you get into a relationship and you can use oh wow so i'm in the library at my school right and they do this thing where when they're telling you to get out they just shut off the lights and turn it back on and then a random voice comes from the speaker it's like okay so we're closing the library down And they gave me the signal. (laughs) But at the end of the day, um, knowing yourself is very crucial. Use your current relationships as a measure of who you are. A lot of times who you are in your friendships is who you are in your romantic relationships. But there's another element in your romantic relationships because I'm pretty sure you're not cuddled up and booed up and kissing your friends. And if you are, that's (laughs) that's something. But yeah, please. Uh. Date yourself before you get in any relationship. Um, advise it to your friends. I highly recommend it. I've been doing it for four years. I'm ready for <laughs> coach. Put me in. I'm ready to stop being a coach. I'm ready to be a player. You understand? I'm ready to play the game. See how it goes. Try to date the streets. But um, thank you so much for listening to this pod. And I hope that it blessed you in some way. If you have other ways to date yourself, let me know. Because I'm trying to get this process over with. Okay. <laughs> it was nice talking to y'all. Y'all have a good night. This is Sab, and I'm out. Peace.